Well, hello, and welcome to Valley Lights Church Online. Hey, I'm Bruce, the lead pastor, and I want to ask you, have you ever been on a team before? Maybe in your younger years, you played sports and you were on a team then. You know, if you're on a team, you've got a role, and everyone's got their own roles to play. If it's baseball, you got the pitcher, he's got his role, catcher. You know, actually, my son was on baseball last season, and even parents have a role to bring snack one night. Everyone's got to do their job. The coach has to do his job to, in order to make this team successful. When I was a kid, I was in the Boy Scouts, and that was a really good experience for me. I got a lot of quality time with my dad. But each of the scouts had a role. One was the quartermaster in charge of uh, making sure we had all the equipment for a camping trip. One other Boy Scout was in charge of uh, collecting dues for the night. All the dads had different roles too, and everyone had to play their part in order for it to be successful. This works in family life as well. Um, dad, mom, kids, everyone's got to play their part. As kids grow older, they gain more responsibility. That really needs to happen <laughs> if the family's going to function well. And if you've ever been a part of a team, maybe you've been in a situation where one guy wasn't really pulling his weight <laughs> or one player always showed up late, or somebody in the family is not really doing their part. Man, you know, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't sit too well with us. Actually, resentment can form on the other people if someone's not pulling their weight. As it turns out, the way that we handle our part of the work on any team that we're in, or any group that we're in, uh, it really impacts our relationships. And so we're starting a series today called Teaming Together. And we're looking at how healthy groups, healthy groups and teams, they can accomplish a lot and they're fun to be a part of. <laughs> it's great when you're on a, a really solid team because you enjoy it. And we've got seven core values called the heart attitudes. And in our previous message series, we looked at the first four heart attitudes because um, those really help us relate to individuals. But these last three really are values that help us to enjoy being a part of the team or the group that we're in. And the values that we are talking about are really a very big reason why our church got started and why it uh, has gotten established. So today we're going to look at the fifth core value of our church, and it's called participate in the ministry. This is heart attitude number five. And a lot of the content that I'll be looking at today comes from the book, uh, The Heart Attitudes, Seven Keys for a Healthy Biblical Community. And this is a book that um, we've purchased and we're, we're studying in our life groups midweek this semester. And if you're not in a group and you'd actually like to really track along in a very deep level with what we're talking about, you can read this book along with us. So a lot of the message today, uh, a lot of the content comes from that, as well as my own experience of being a part of teams that have really applied this particular value, and I've seen some pretty amazing things grow out of it. So I'm excited about this topic today, and I'll start by, by saying that God intends for every church member to help with the work. <laughs> if you're a part of a church or if you are a Christ follower, God intends for every church member to be a part of helping out with the work. Look at this New Testament idea about ministry um, or, or, or church work, how it's, how it's accomplished. In Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, it says uh, that God gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers 
He gave these roles in, uh, in order to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So in this first verse, you see five leadership roles that are given to certain people in the church. But those, those five different categories, those are not the people that do the ministry. Those are not the people that minister. Those five leadership roles equip everyone else in the church to do ministry. So look at this word equip, um, where it says these leaders equip the saints. And uh, that word equip, it comes from a Greek word. The New Testament was originally written in Greek, and that Greek word was also used for um, mending nets. There's a lot of fishermen in those days, and Jesus called a bunch of fishermen. So they, you know, this, this terminology of fishing would be familiar to them. And so over time, if you cast your nets out, over time they fray, those nets wear down, and um, really to equip or to mend is to make it really useful. And so like a prudent fisherman, the church leaders are to mend church members, get people ready and ready to go uh, for the work that's needed. So I might ask you, if you're a church member, are you ready? Are you equipped and ready to begin the work of the ministry? Well, it says um, that these leaders equip the saints. And that word saint is, is interesting. Um, I, don't, I don't know what comes to mind for you when, when you hear the word saints. Maybe um, a picture of some stained glass window or people with crowns over their heads or halos, I should say. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of think of saints as just old stories of holy people. But really, it's, it's a word that just kind of means ordinary Christians. In the Bible, saints are people that are set apart by God for his purposes. So anybody that <clears throat> has committed to follow Christ and wants to do God's work, well, they're saints. And uh, actually, you listening here, you, if you follow Christ, you're a saint. <laughs> you may not <clears throat> always feel like it or act like it. So then it says the church leaders equip the saints for for something. Well, what the saints are equipped for is not just to be uh, nicer people or, or more excellent or just really good at knowing things. Um, when we get equipped for something, it just means that there is, there's some work to be done. We actually have some things that we can team together to accomplish. And then the word work is here as well. And this, the word Work comes from a Greek word uh, that could mean toil or labor. Like if you're toiling on or just laboring. Uh, that, that sounds like kind of a more grinding work. And this letter was written to people in, in days when it was very normal for people to work hard labor from sunup till sunset, uh, often with no days off. And so the people that this was originally written to would, would be very familiar with very hard, grinding, toiling labor. And uh, this is the kind of work that Paul says is intended for the, for the church, for the, the work of God to get accomplished. I don't know if you've ever felt like you worked that hard for church, if you really toiled or sweated out or labored. Um, I, one event comes to mind recently for me. We actually helped a partner church in our network with a, a massive landscaping project for a new property that was purchased. And here's a few photos of that, of guys working together and um, cutting down things, getting scratched up, needing to work with heavy tools and sweating out. And then they did actually give us a pretty awesome barbecue dinner at the end of that. But uh, <clears throat> what we see from this verse is that 
even after we finish our day jobs, God expects us to exert ourselves on the off hours to do the kinds of things that he wants us to do. There's this old hymn that I found uh, in, in the hymnal that we use. Uh, me and my wife and our kids, we, we like to sing hymns as a part of our morning devotions from time to time. And um, there's, a, there's an old hymn towards the back of the book that caught my eye, my eye one day because I had never heard it before. And it's called uh, To the Work. And so look at the lyrics. It says, to the work, to the work, there is labor for all, for the kingdom of darkness and error shall fall. To the work, to the work, in the strength of the Lord, in a robe and a crown shall our labor reward. And then the chorus is toiling on, toiling on, toiling on, toiling on. Let us hope and watch and pray and labor until the master comes. And I thought, Nobody writes songs like this anymore. <laughs> There's a lot of worship songs being produced these days. And I haven't, I haven't heard one yet where everyone's excited to sing about the toilsome labor that's yet to be done. So we sing this one a lot at my house, especially in the middle of the week when everyone starts dragging. <laughs> but uh, I, I actually do, I like, I like exerting myself to do really good work. I, I love being a part and putting my shoulder into the things that, that God really values. And so, you know, we look at this verse that the church leaders are to equip the saints for the work, the work of the ministry. Now, what's, what is ministry anyway? Sometimes people that have been a part of church for a long time like to romanticize the word ministry. It kind of sounds lofty, especially if it's in a title like director of family ministries or, you know, counseling ministry. It's maybe hard to get our minds around, what does that even mean? But actually, that comes from the Greek word that, that could also be translated service, um, like humble service, like, like the kind of serving that a table waiter would do or a food runner. Actually, one of my first jobs was working in a restaurant as a runner and as a busboy. And I'll tell you what, I've got, I got a lot of sauces spilled on me and drinks. Um, I would come home pretty stinky from all kinds of fluids and aromas from being in the restaurant for so long. And uh, you know what? That was, a, that was a messy job. But in, in a way, this ministry can actually be translated to that kind of humble, ordinary work. Actually, the, the work of the ministry is made up of humble, lots of humble tasks that are needed to make the work of God go forward. So the saints are equipped to do whatever kind of humble tasks are needed. The verse goes on to say, and, and, and this is for the building up of the body of Christ. And I love this idea of building up because now this word has the idea, the Greek word has this idea of being structurally put together. As we toil and work these humble tasks, something really starts to come together. There's something that takes shape. There's even this, this Greek word even has this idea of architecture or construction. You can see a few photos right now of of some architecture and construction. And you can see in these photos how things are being designed and built and constructed and a lot of people have their hands in it. And it's really, it's kind of exciting to see. Now imagine our church, which is not a building, but we're people, we're a community of people. Imagine our community being carefully designed and built up and growing and developing. When we team together, to do the work of serving. The result is that the body of Christ comes together structurally 
and it starts to function and it grows and really good things start to flow. When we serve, even if it's humble tasks, we're not just putting in our time. God is building something good from it. And then that last phrase, the body of Christ. Um, that could refer to all, all people of God everywhere at all times, but it especially applies to your local church that you're a part of. The church that you attend is the body of Christ, practically speaking. When you're thinking about how do I serve? How do I get involved? How do I participate in the ministry? Some people might think that, you know, it's just the paid staff members that God assigns and they get the work done. But I'm going to give you a little secret. If at Valley Lights it was just the paid staff members <laughs> who got the work done, it would not happen. We would not have made it off the ground for more than a month. For, for a Sunday, if it, was just, if it was just paid staff. There's a lot of people that have had their hands in this. And the, the exciting news really is that God intends to use you. He wants to cause our church to grow numerically and in depth spiritually. And, you know, sometimes people will call me the minister, like when I do weddings, and especially if I do, if I do weddings for people that don't have a lot of church background, they'll be like, oh, you know, call the minister. <laughs> and, um, you know, it sounds like kind of a, a lofty title, I guess, or a religious title, but according to the Bible, on Sunday mornings, the people that are serving in our kids' zone, our children's ministry, they're ministers. Or the people that are playing guitars on stage, or the people setting up food after church. They're ministers. You, if you are a follower of Christ, you are a minister, according to the Bible. And God has planned really good things for us to do. He's planned out the work. Actually, a long time ago, he planned out the work that you would do. In Ephesians 2.10, he says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God did a pretty amazing thing when, whenever he redeemed us. When we choose to submit our lives to him and follow Jesus and step into the kingdom of light, then God makes us a new creation. A pretty amazing transformation happens. But God didn't go through all the work of remaking us so that we could just sit and soak in all of the great Christian ideas and all of the great friendships that can just be enjoyed on a couch. Church members are not just along for the ride. I've got this fun picture of, of some folks boating. And sometimes, you, you know, maybe someone might think that being a part of church is kind of like boating. You got, you know, you got like somebody driving the boat, but everyone else is hanging out. You got some people just on skis riding from the back and, you know, people are just kind of along for the ride. That's, that's really, like, that's not what church is like. <laughs> or, or another way that Without realizing, some people may see church as kind of like a cruise ship. You get to enjoy some things and have a lot of fun with people and get to eat some good snacks. But cruise is not, or, or the church is not really all that much like a cruise ship. It's a lot more like a battleship. Here's a picture of a battleship. The truth is, as being a part of a church, we're, we're on a mission together. There's work to do and there's a mission to be accomplished. Part of our mission is to tell people about Jesus. And we're going after people that are stuck living in darkness and in bondage from the enemy. And, Lord willing, we're able to bring people into the kingdom of light and rescue people from darkness as Jesus allows that. 
Also, part of our mission is to help Christians learn how to put the Bible into practice in everyday life. It takes a lot of work to know it and learn it and grow and live it out. Part of our mission is battling the enemy. We have a very real spiritual enemy that binds and distracts and tempts, captures and destroys. And learning how to fight the spiritual battles, that's, that's, that takes learning and practice. But that's part of our mission. Also, we, part of what we need to do is to care for each other when trouble comes, to help parents learn how to raise the next righteous generation. We need to develop leaders, start new churches, and support missionaries overseas. There's, there's all kinds of things that we need to do that really, there's a lot of work to be done and a mission to be accomplished, not just a cruise to enjoy. And to me, that's, I prefer that. I do like cruises, but I'm excited and motivated to be on mission, to link arms with other people, to move God's kingdom forward. And as I mentioned earlier, the way that you handle your part of the work really impacts your relationships. And this is true for any group, whether it's sports or Boy Scouts or school or whatever it is, but it's also very true at church. The way that you handle your part at church impacts your relationships. And there have been some people that have really deeply invested at Valley Lights and it's really impacted them. So I want you to hear a few stories from just a, a couple quick clips from them Throughout this whole focus on our, our core values, I've wanted you to hear from members of our church that have lived out the benefits. And so listen to this, uh, a few of these people. One reason I really like volunteering at Valley Lights Church is because of the sense of community and fellowship that it automatically creates. I think that's super valuable and helps me really plug in in a way that I really wouldn't be plugged in if I, if I didn't just raise my hand and volunteer for stuff. And it's helped me grow a lot because it's really retrained my focus on what I can be doing in my daily life to further the kingdom. It's a good opportunity to serve together with the community, um, build strong relations, and just really provide something tangible. So I started volunteering at Valley Lights when we were still in the park. And Christian and I really wanted to start volunteering because we saw how much work went into setting up and tearing down that we just felt like least we could do is just help out a little bit and that has really helped me grow because I've never really understood church community um, growing up in a church and this just kind of uh, exposed me to what that really is um, working together with people and really getting to know people and now it's not even more of like I'm choosing to volunteer it's just it's just kind of natural at this point I love to do it and I can't imagine not coming to church early to help set up. Serving really has been helping me with uh, getting to know people, uh, being a part of the community, learning to work with others, and uh, it's been a blessing. Because it's a growing church, there's so much opportunity for you to serve, and the smallest thing that you do help with can make such a big impact because you're ultimately serving Him. Um, so it's been really cool to use my musical background to connect to him and to serve him and really connect with the rest of the community. Serving at Valley Lights, I remember when I started, I was in a greeting team. Uh, it was a little challenging at first because I didn't know a lot of people, but uh, throughout the time that we were doing it, I was uh, writing down their names and the little uh, stickers. It actually helped me uh, 
know more people at church and uh, it's just like a perfect opportunity to to build relationships with them. I first began volunteering at Valley Lights um, in the kids zone because I have a toddler who goes in there and so it was a good way for me to um, see what the program was like, be with him while he got acclimated um, and learned and now I can just go drop him off and he's totally fine without me which is great but I still like to continue volunteering there because um, I want to make an impact on the little kid's life. Uh, for me, I've lived here for four years now and I don't have any Christian friends at the workplace or here locally. And when we joined, I was able to actually hang out, be with people that serve the God that I serve. And it really helped me grow personally where I could count on people to keep me accountable with the things that I'm going through in life and prayer in general. So. I feel like I have a family um, outside of my, my physical family. I have a church family now, so it's been great. In that video, you get to hear the impact that serving has made on a handful of people. You hear things like, I got to know people. I was able to make friends. Man, I feel a sense of community. I feel like there's family. And it's fun. There's a lot of joy to it. So you hear all kinds of things like that coming out of those stories. And if you are a Christian, if this is your church, however you handle your part of the work will impact your relationships. If there's a relatively small investment, there'll be a relatively small return. Um, if you've got some really committed service that's routine or regular, then really some, some additional blessing begins to flow. And, and then beyond that, there, there are some at our church who have decided that they would serve at great inconvenience to themselves, not, not just when it's good for them or fits on their schedule. And those who are willing to serve at a cost, those are the ones who have experienced a depth and a richness to the community life here. And I'm really excited to say that the vast majority of people who attend this church regularly are serving in some way. I actually did just kind of like scan through some photos and some lists of names and I thought, wow, most, almost all the people that are regulars, man, we've got a, an unusually high ratio of people who are serving and attending. And it really fills me with joy to see. In fact, we've got numerous people that are serving on Sunday mornings on multiple teams or help out midweek and there's a lot of overlap and sometimes they might get double booked because <laughs> we're uh, at times strapped for volunteers and um, you know, we got to get that sorted out. We can think about, hey, am I doing my part? I love, I love the picture painted in Ephesians 4, 16. It says, for him, from Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. It's kind of a picture of a body. How there's, you know, you got different body parts, and hopefully all your parts are growing. And hopefully all of them are being strengthened and working together and coordinated. And in the same way, at church, we've got different roles. We've got different abilities. Um, people have different jobs and different things that they're interested in or good at. Some people are musical. Some people are just really good with kids. And some people are really good with working with their hands. We actually were setting, we were doing some worship practice a couple weeks ago, and the sustain pedal for the keyboard just wasn't working. And I was trying to help the girl figure it out. And man, I was like, I, I thought I fixed this before, but I couldn't figure it out. And I'm like, I don't know. 
I don't, get, I, I don't have time to, to fix it. And then John, one of the guys at our church, comes over and uh, he's like, oh, I'll take a look at that. Within four minutes, he had the thing disassembled, reassembled, plugged in, and functioning perfectly. <laughs> and another guy, he had said, and I, I knew John wouldn't let that thing sit for more than five minutes. <laughs> and uh, it's true. He's, he's a guy that's really good at working with his hands and has blessed many people in our church um, time and time again as a result of that. And we've got different parts, different abilities. Maybe some people are less handy, but they're really good um, in other ways. It's really important that we all do our part so that the body is built up and it does grow. Doing my part, it might be in line with my spiritual gifts. Uh, in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, there's lists of spiritual gifts that God gives. And spiritual gifts are, are like special abilities that, that God gives us, each, each person who follows him. And you might know what some of your spiritual gifts are, um, or maybe you've never even heard of a spiritual gift, and you're like, I have no idea what that is. Um, as you start helping out, you might begin to identify them, or you might begin to learn what are the ways that God has wired you, what gifts has he given you. And uh, sometimes it's like a personality test, like it's fun to try to figure out what my gifts are. Like, ooh, what I get? Uh, but usually, you don't really find out until you just start helping out and start serving. And over time, you might begin to identify some things that I really enjoy doing, things that are just, it's work, but it's enjoyable. Or I might realize there's some things that I seem to be pretty effective at doing, and then as I get involved, good things come from it. Or there's some things that I just keep getting opportunities to do. And those are different ways of evaluating. Maybe, maybe some of these things are gifts. And the cool thing about spiritual gifts is that even though there is work and toil to be done, uh, God has gifted us in ways that sometimes the work resonates with us and we can find joy in the toil. But maybe other times doing my part means I do the chores of ministry. And chores, typically at home, are not that fun. You know, they just keep happening, and dishes keep getting dirty, and laundry keeps getting dirty. And there's chores of ministry as well. Things like babysitting sometimes can, can wear you down, or sometimes scheduling babysitters can be difficult. Or there was, there was a long period of time where we were setting up and tearing down outside in the park, and those summer months where not a lot of people were coming, and it was hot at noon to, to load up the trailer, whew, that's a bit of a chore. We're cleaning up after an event when people just want to go home or be done. None of those kinds of things might, they, they might not be your spiritual gift, but they're things that need to happen, and uh, there, there are ways that we can serve just because it's needed. Some of, our, some of the women at our church have served in kid zone for months without going to a single church service just because it was needed. So, there may be times when the chores of ministry need to get done. And then doing my part may mean that, well, it might shift over time. We had one young couple that was coming around in the early days. Um, they're still here, and they were highly involved at most services and events and volunteering. And then they had their first baby. Uh, and, and so she was less available. And she didn't come early morning on Sundays anymore, but he did. And there were, there were ways that she was able to encourage and also free up her husband to be a part of the ministry, that there, there are other ways that she could team and do her part 
in the ministry, even though things shifted and started to look different. Your life stage might change, your situation might change, and uh, there's always a way to participate in the ministry in some way. There's always something you can do, even if it has to transfer to maybe encouragement or prayer or emotional support. I want you to hear one more story from someone in our church who found us in the early days and got really motivated to help out. His name is Brent. And so listen to some of the things that he has said. I think it's with everything I do. Uh, I don't like to sit on the sidelines. I like to be involved. I like to be part of the change. I like to see, you know, I, I want to be part of something that I can eventually see has grown into something great. You know, I mean, so far, starting in the park, going to all the different locations and where we're at now is it's pretty awesome to see. And it's, I don't know, I just don't like sitting in the background. You know what I mean? I like to be part of uh, a team. I had been out of the church for about a good six years, maybe five, uh, for other reasons not to do with the church. When I came in and I saw a lot of, uh, when, I, when we were at the park, and I saw how much work goes into uh, setting that up, and it brought back a lot of memories from another church experience we had. I don't know, I really enjoyed that. That was what I think brought us into the church was being able to help, being able to serve. I seem to take on more than I need to, and I'm busy, I, you know, I do a lot of things and sometimes, you know, you just want that time to, to sit down and do nothing. I seem to like to schedule myself throughout the week and I know when I know what days I can actually sit down, relax and not do anything. If there's a hesitation, it's just because I'm tired, not that I don't want to do anything. Being part of the church, um, we have a lot of new friends, you know, that we've met. We've had a lot of you guys come over and help with projects. We've helped with projects. Like I said, it's that team effort. It's the tribe. You know what I mean? It's like, that's one of the benefits that we like. We're not, we like our alone time, but we don't necessarily always want to feel alone. And it's really nice having some of the other guys uh, to be able to talk to, you know, kind of openly. That's, that's really nice. We didn't have that not being at a church. I mean, on top of that, like I, I think I mentioned a little bit of that our relationship me and Candy, uh, I think is getting, it just continues to get stronger. I think, um, I don't know, now we sit on the couch and we talk about life group and we talk about if we're planning a trip on the weekend, it's like the first thing that will come out is, are, you know, Candy will say, are you playing Sunday? Like she wanted to go away or something like that. So it's kind of like, it's the norm and um, the norm is nice to have. It's part of life, it's part of our life. It's something that we had before when the kids were young. Uh, we got out of it and we were glad we were extremely happy to find another church i didn't grow up in a church as far as uh, the church in the park it felt like it was meant to be it was the park right next to our house and then when my daughter my she was 18 at the time was telling me every weekend you guys should come check out this church She'd be like, you know, there's a church right down the street. She would always bring it up. I kind of felt like that was God talking to me saying, maybe you need to get back uh, to church. Maybe you need to, you need to try this out again. You know, I put one right next to your house. It's the closest I could get. <laughs> we finally, you know, um, we had been talking about it. We saw the flyers and we did a couple of the onlines. I think it was once a month. I didn't know what to expect. And I was like, oh, you know, I kind of 
kind of like what I'm doing on my weekends right now uh, until we eventually, you know, my daughter just kept, kept saying, pastor keeps coming in for coffee. You should go check it out. He's a nice guy, da da da. And, uh, and we did, and we loved it. I'm pretty encouraged from Brent's story and his desire to really be a part of what we're doing and to participate in the ministry. And I want to show you another video now of a highlight reel of the many ways that people have served. Uh, back to when we started outdoors in a park through a few different locations. And it's pretty exciting. To me, it's just a lot of fun to see um, just clips and bites of people helping out in a lot of different ways. So check out this highlight reel.
So as you think about different ways to participate in the ministry, um, I'll, I'll give a few examples of, of things that you might do. There's Sunday morning teams. Uh, a lot of volunteers are needed to pull off the, the weekend services. And we've got a first impressions team. They do greeting, set things up, refreshments team for coffee and snacks. We've got um, our worship and our musical band. And we are, we're actually looking for more musicians. And even we're actually still praying for a worship leader to be, become a part of our church. Um, and we especially need help in our children's ministry. That's just an ongoing need, and it's a growing need. <laughs> the number of kids is going up. And so we can use more help on any of those Sunday morning tasks. Other ways to be part of the ministry is um, you might even host some people in your home, invite others over for dinner. Uh, or, or to spend time, or, or opening up your home is a way to really help the ministry happen. Um, you might do things that are along the lines of encouragement, using words or notes or prayer to really help and build others up. Um, when it comes to attending church on Sunday mornings, you might consider parking far and sitting close. <laughs> um, our parking lot is in a way where uh, there's just a few really ideal spaces that we could it would actually really help our guest experience to have those all freed up and, and our regulars park far away and then sit really close because, you know, the newer people tend to want to sit further in the back. Um, you might also begin conversations and remember names. This is a pretty important way for our body to grow, um, just to initiate conversations with people. Not, you know, there, I think it's probably a few people that are just really great and natural at starting conversations. For a lot of us, it just takes a little bit more work. But that's, that's really a way to serve. Um, you might be involved in a life group midweek. You might offer to, to bring dessert or to stay late to help clean up or, or take some other ways to take initiative to lighten the load. You might offer to help out at someone else's house to maybe fix something or paint or help them move. There's lots of ways to, to build up the body by just practical acts of service. And then as the church calendar goes on, there's events or uh, midweek opportunities to help out, preparing for things. There's lots and lots of ways to be a part of the ministry here. And so as you think through a possible next step, you might say, hey, I need, I need to sign up. I want to do something. Uh, write that on your connection card. Or you can check a box or write us a note or respond. Um, or you might also consider increasing your involvement. Maybe you um, have a, a once, uh, serve once every couple months kind of pattern. Or maybe you want to start it monthly or weekly even to, to help out in some way. So you might increase your part. Um, here's another next step. You might want to inconvenience. You might say, I need, I need to inconvenience my schedule in order to join the work. I've got some preferences about my time that I need to let go of in order to be a part of the ministry. And then real practically is you can help us out at Easter. And when we have our Easter services here, I, uh, I expect a crowd that will be a little bit more difficult to, to manage than our typical Sunday. They'll, we'll just have a, a, a jump in attendance in our kids' classes, we're going to expand there and in, in the worship and lots of opportunities. We'll, we'll just need as many volunteers and hands on deck as possible for that Sunday. So you might offer to help out with that. So far, we've covered the first five hard attitudes. Hard attitude number one, 
uh, if you remember a few weeks ago, is to put the goals and interests of others above my own. Number two is to live an honest, open life before others. Number three is to give and receive scriptural correction. Number four is clear relationships. And then today we looked at number five, participate in the ministry. And this value just basically says, hey, we're, we're going to commit to doing our part. We're going we're gonna to do something to make the work go forward. And you might think it's, it's relatively easy to see how necessary this value is. <laughs> um, if, if we're going to be a team that accomplishes anything, we've got to have many hands uh, going after the work. In the next two weeks, we're going to continue this series called Teaming Together. And we're going to look at two more very crucial practices that will make us effective in the mission. Um, and uh, the exciting thing is that these, these last three heart attitudes, not only do they make us effective, but it makes it so that we can really enjoy life together while we're doing it. So if you've missed any of these messages on the heart attitudes, go back and listen or watch. When I look around our church building, I can see fingerprints of people everywhere, uh, ways that they've helped out, you know, doors that have been painted, uh, artwork that's been put up, um, things that have been fixed or installed. I can see all kinds of ways that many, many people who are not paid have spent hours contributing to this building. But you know what? The church isn't just a building. And when I look at, you know, beyond just the walls and I look at the people here and I look at you, and I look at people attending on Sunday morning, I can see fingerprints. Uh, I can see God's fingerprints and those of other people as well. I can see ways that your life has grown because of the investment and the sacrifice of a lot of other people. And it's really exciting. God could build up the church without us. He's definitely big enough and capable enough. But how incredible that he chooses to work through us. That, that's his preference. God has gifted you in specific ways that could really be a benefit here. Since we launched in 2020, more and more people have been drawn to our church. And then they started putting their hands to the work and joining up with what God is doing. The work is certainly not finished. And... We would love to have you team with us and to experience the joy of deeper relationships. So God's offering you a piece of the action. Will you take it? If you say yes, you will experience God at work in you and through you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for using us and for letting us team with each other and with you. You give us roles to play. How, how gracious and wonderful for you to Give us work to do and then equip us for it and create structures and leadership and giftings that enable the work to be pretty exciting, even though at times it's, it's a lot of hard work. I pray, Lord, that uh, those in our church would uh, dig deep to make deeper and deeper sacrifices, not, not out of guilt or pressure, but really out of a desire to be a part of what you're doing and out of gratitude for the way that you've made us new. I pray that many people would experience the blessing and the refreshment of deeper relationships as we team together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today. Um, if you would like to support Valley Lights, you can give today. The money that we receive goes towards our mission of helping people find God and walk with Him. 
giving to our church is a way to give back to God for the many ways that he's provided for us. So you can donate now by clicking the giving button on your screen or going to our website. Another great way to connect with us is to fill out a connection card. It takes about a minute. You can find the link on your screen as well. But you can use that form to let us know about anything going on in your life um, or to let us pray for you. And it's a great way just to begin a conversation with us. I'm really glad that you were here today. I hope it was helpful. And thank you for taking some time out of your day to join us for church.